Unencumbered. My name is Heidi. I'm your host. I'm not a preacher or a Bible teacher. I'm a woman who unapologetically loves Jesus and wants to tell everybody about how he changed my life and increased my faith as I journeyed through a season of tragedy and trauma. So join me and be encouraged as we talk and share about strengthening the confidence we have in Jesus as we grow to understand our identity in him and we align our heartbeat to his. Hi, it's Heidi. Thanks for joining me today. Have you ever noticed that life just has a way of tossing things at us that we never saw coming? It's in these times that we can easily forget or ignore the truth, what we know about Jesus. And it's also these times that we can run to him, leap in his arms and never, ever let go. After my husband of nearly 25 years suddenly and unexpectedly went home to heaven, I had complete uncertainty. What do I do now? Who was I now? I mean, we had been married since I was just 21. And uh, what what do I do now? Uh, can I be both mom and dad to my kids? Did they need me to be? What did my future look like? How was I going to get through one day without my beloved husband, let alone the rest of my life? I was suddenly unmarried with no plan when just hours before I was very happily married with the rest of my life all mapped out. Now what? That was that question that ran over my mind again and again. And I went on a journey specifically searching for what to do now, what to do next. I literally had no idea. Bill was finishing his PhD and uh, after working for the federal government, was planning to leverage that advanced degree and his spirit and his experience as uh, in the government to be a professor at a university. Several universities had already contacted him, and I was fine with wherever he wanted to go. My home was wherever he was. I was a realtor at the time of his home going. I could get licensed to relaunch my career anywhere we moved. My dad was in the military. I've moved all over the country. I'm very, <laughs> I can very easily, you know, be a, a, a chameleon and fit in wherever. Just learn about my new area. I was perfectly comfortable and, and fully uh, adapt to doing that for sure. But where would that be? Would I stay where I was? Would I move someplace else? Would God bring me into full-time ministry? I was only 46. Do I just sit in the corner and wait to die? I, was I too young to do that? But I was, you know, too old to start over? I, I didn't know. I literally did not know what to do. And from the moment in the hospital when the doctor came in to tell me the bill's passing, I ran to Jesus and I threw myself in his arms and I did not let go. It really was where I should have been the years that I claimed to be a Christ follower, sitting at his feet, learning from him, learning about him, who he was, what was his character. But instead, I spent so much of that time leaning on my very competent husband. He was all things to me. I believe I was that for him as well. The problem with that is that that's not our place and that's not their place within our life either. We simply have the privilege to journey with our quote-unquote people as we walk one another home. 
yeah, of course, you should be able to rely on your person, on your spouse, on the people that are around you, of course. But they're not God. They're fallible. God is not. Jesus is not. Don't get me wrong. I knew who I was in Christ. I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was just 16. Bill and I planted churches. We were children's church leaders. We ran a youth ministry for many years. We were typically in some form of leadership within the church. I taught on our identity, who we are in Christ. But somewhere along the way, I lost my true identity and no longer identified as my Heavenly Father's daughter. I had identified as Bill's wife, business owner, my grown children's mom, down the very long list. I would still list myself as, as God's daughter, just not at the top of my list where it should have been, where it should have stayed firmly planted in that number one spot. I've come to realize that along the way of my 30-year journey as a Christian, I took back many parts of my life from God, the parts I could I could oversee well, right? Or so I thought. So I've tried to fool myself, my business, my marriage, my ministry even. The only issue with that is that they were never mine. They were his. They belonged to God. He simply allowed me to be the overseer. The simple yet profound truth was and is, I needed Jesus for every breath for every decision, for every step, for every ideation, for every single thing, every single second of every single day, I needed Jesus. So as I desperately ran after what to do now, Jesus was kind and so tender like I had never experienced before. He drew me so close to him in that season, showing me sides of himself I never took the time to recognize. He was so tender, so very, very tender toward me. I was raw with emotions. I was expected to be with such a loss, of course. He taught me so patiently in that tenderness with love and direction. And I clung to him, now recognizing and acknowledging my need for full reliance on him, period, full stop, end of discussion. And within the exploration of what do I do now, I found out. Seek Jesus. Praise him. Most importantly, live in that posture. In that are all the answers, all the answers that I've ever needed in that moment and in my entire life. So I think I've shared with you all on other podcasts where when the doctor came into that room, that little room in the hospital to tell me that Bill had gone home, immediately, Holy Spirit started teaching me how to grieve, really from a heavenly perspective. And one of the things that he told me was that he said, praise me for what you have and don't grieve for what you lost. And, and, and I think I talked about that a little bit in the other segment. If not, um, then uh, I do believe that we have a season of grieving. The Bible tells us that we do. But within that, Holy Spirit was telling me not to sit there, but to, con- 
be consistently in the posture of praising him for what Bill and I had together. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't praise him for the loss of my husband. That is not what he was asking me to do. He asked me to praise him for what I had. And when I began to do that, God, thank you. Thank you for the 25 years that Bill and I had together. Thank you for our kids. Thank you that my kids had their dad for as long as they did. Thank you that Bill was the kind of man that he fed into our our children. Thank you that Bill was the kind of man that he made me feel secure and loved and chosen and preferred and honored and respected and liked. (laughs) And from there and constantly being in that posture of thanking God for so many things that Bill was to me and to our family and what we had together in our 25 plus years together, almost 25 years married, I really was able to easily flow into a posture of praising Jesus. Again, not for the death of my husband, but for being there with me in all of it, in all of it. Psalm 22, 3 tells us, that God abides in the praises of his people. And that's easy to say, but what does that look like? The praises of his people. That's all of us praising. That's you praising. The Bible also tells us, and I'm so bad at remembering the scripture, the address that somebody once called it, I like that, the address of the scripture, but where two or more, and I'm sorry, I think sometimes that second, if we're by ourselves, I think the angels come into agreement with us. I think that Jesus is in agreement and Holy Spirit, God, they're all in agreement when we claim the word, what God, what the word of God says about him. And so it's as easy to have a personal revival, a personal renewal a personal, just between you and God. I know right now there's been these beautiful revivals that are breaking out around the country. And and I love that. I love seeing people hunger after God and seeking after him and pressing into him. Really what it is. And yes, there are many times where it has to do with the location, but what is just you and, and God Jesus will be there when it's just you and Holy Spirit. Jesus will be there two or more. When two or more gather, Jesus will be there. He will be there. The Bible tells us that. And we either believe the Bible or we don't. And that's what it says. And so I, I, I choose to believe it because I have experienced it. So after Bill went home, I tried to figure out what I was doing. I went to the Jesus Conference down in Orlando. I didn't know much about it. I'd heard about it, and it had to do with Jesus. And so I'm thinking, that sounds pretty good. A Jesus Conference where it's all about Jesus, that sounds perfect. That's exactly what I need right now. And I told him, I'm not, no offense to anybody. God bless America. I'm not a huge fan of Florida because of the thought that an alligator could come across my path at any given moment. Like that's, I'm not a fan of that. (laughs) Sorry. And I know so many amazing, beautiful people in Florida. 
who I'm friends with, and I just love them so much. So I, I hope nobody's offended by that, but it's my not my favorite place in the United States. And I said to Jesus, just like Jacob wrestled the angel, I am not letting you go. I'm not leaving Florida. And you know how much I do not like it there. I'm not leaving until you tell me what to do next. And he did. And he met me there. And after I left Florida, after the Jesus conference, I went home and I had 72 hours off from work. I worked a lot. I had my uh, you know, own business. I was selling real estate. I was appraising properties. I was very, very busy. And I had 72 hours off. And I cranked up with that praise and worship music. And I slept when I was tired. And otherwise, I was up. I don't remember if I ate or had anything to drink during that time. I'm sure I did. All I remember was that I turned up that praise and worship music. I have no neighbors. I lived on a double corner lot on about an acre, a little over an acre and a quarter. And I praised Jesus with music. I just, that's as easy as it has to go. You don't have to feel like you have to go far and wide to go find this. He's right there. He abides in the praises of his people. You're his people. He abides in your praises. It just has to start off small. If you, I'm, a, I'm the worst singer. I'm a terrible singer. I have the worst voice. And it doesn't help that I love to sing, but I do. Nobody around me likes to hear it, but I love to sing. So I just sang praises to him. I jumped up and down on my bed. I'm not ashamed to tell you. I was a 46, I think it might have been 47 at that point. Jumping up and down on my bed, praising Jesus because he had given me hope. Finally, I was hopeless. Guys, I was suicidal. I have my suicide note that I wrote. I have it in my prayer journal and I keep it as a reminder of where God brought me from because I literally had no hope. So I spent 72 hours dancing and praising and jumping up and down on my bed and singing very loudly and very off key, much to, you know, my dog's dismay, I'm sure. They were not happy hearing me sing. And I praised him. And let me just give you an example. Again, you can start with praise and worship, or you could just start by saying, oh, God, thank you that you are the one who comforts me. Thank you that you are the Alpha and the Omega. Thank you that you dwell in in the heavens. Thank you that you hear my prayers. Thank you that you are my Father. Thank you that you are my comforter, that you are my strength, that you are my deliverer, that you are my provider. Thank you that you are glorious, Lord. Thank you. You are holy. Oh, God, you are so holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Thank you. You are my shield. You're my shepherd. You are my love. You are my strength. You are my hiding place. You are my deliverer. You are my strong tower. You are my master. You are my majesty. You are the Lord of peace. You're the Lord of all. You're the Lord of hosts. Thank you. You are the, the king of glory, that you are king of all the earth, that you are forever and ever Thank you that you will that you that you allow us to come with you and dwell in the secret place. 
thank you that you are righteous, that you are my promise. Thank you that you are my future. Thank you that you give me a hope. I praise you for everything that you have delivered me from. Thank you that I am not where I used to be. Thank you that you've given me a future and a hope and that it is good, that you have plans for me, that you think so much about me more so than all the little pieces of sand on the beach. Your word says that you do, and so you do. Thank you that you wash my feet. Thank you that you sanctified me. Thank you that I am righteous in you. This is all that we have to do, people. We can just take the beautiful words that the Bible says he is and who he has shown you to be and just praise him in that. Is everything perfect in our lives the way we want it? No, probably not. But he is all of these things that the Bible says, and we can declare those promises of what he is to us and what he has been to us what we need him to be to get us through that next second. I needed him to be my strength and my comforter and my hope and my safe place. I needed him to be my soft landing place. I needed him to hold me. I needed him to be tender and compassionate and kind and loving toward me. And so I thanked him and all of those things. And he was all of those things. And he is all of those things to me. And he continues to be. And I know he will be forever and ever. So yes, it's beautiful to see these revivals. And yes, oftentimes they are in certain places. But I'm telling you that you can experience the revival, the renewal of your, of your faith, the recognition of your hope. You can do that, just you and him, in your car, in your room, jump up and down on your bed. <laughs> it was very cathartic, I have to tell you. But just praise him. He abides in the praises of his people. He deserves them. He has certainly earned them. He secured our future, people. He has secured our future. He deserves our praise. And he loves you so much. I think next time I'll talk about love and how much he loves. And I'll tell you a, a story about what happened when I, you know, in the midst, actually at the end of the 72 hours, something happened in the midst too. I'll tell you about next time. But Praise him. He is so deserving of our praise. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me today. I love you so much. And join me again next time. Thank you for joining the podcast today. We are so glad you did. Please visit our website, unencumberedpodcast.com. Have a remarkable day filled with reminders of God's great love for you. See you next time.